Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew, always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker! Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, I hear you, CM Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Eater Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. A&D, and my co-host, not Deion Sands from Primetime. What's going on, y'all? It's me, the PR. I am me. We are here, and of course, bro, it's SummerSlam weekend, man. You know, the, the yep. biggest party of the summer, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, SummerSlam. Because I am, when, when it comes to the Big Four, I used to always love the Classic Five. They took away King of the Ring, and then it was the Big Four. And back in the day, I used to love the Big Four. WWE has virtually forced me, listen to me, forced me to hate Survivor Series now. Oh, you don't like when the one night a year where Raw and SmackDown and NXT go head to head to head? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, like once again, did I like it when they, they did it last year for the first time in the NXT Raw versus SmackDown? I thought it was a cool concept because I, I I do that in universe mode and have the triple threat matches and stuff like that. But now, and I was like, okay, that was cool. But the years before that, and I was like, yo, like the last good Survivor Series that I actually enjoyed from top to bottom was, what, 2007? And then, but but then, when we we first started doing the draft, and then we had Raw vs. SmackDown that very first year when we brought the draft back in 2016, that was a good Survivor Series, but then they beefed it up, and then the next year it was supposed to be great and then that's when Cena was on the team and then they just kind of like eliminated Smackdown we had Nakamura and Bobby Roode going against Triple H and all stuff like that and Triple H and Braun won the match I was like this is stupid but yeah so and that's when that's when Kurt Angle and Shane was beating each other up for, you know I was like well but however they did have the Shield versus uh, the New Day that was great AJ versus Brock that was great so like I said there have been some decent Survivor Series but SummerSlam has always been my second favorite, and SummerSlam, for some reason, does keep a very consistent card opposed to, I want to say, 2018. I didn't like that card at all, in my personal opinion. Well, 18, the one where, uh, right? No, SummerSlam 2018 was when we had Roman beat Brock in six minutes. Then, uh... Summerslam? Uh, you talking about Survivor Series or Summerslam? Summerslam. I'm talking about Summerslam. Oh, okay. No, okay. All right. We're on the same track. I thought you still yeah. on Survivor Series. Yeah, that's when they had Ronda versus Alexa Bliss. That sucked. <laughs> Nakamura, Jeff Hardy, Finn Balor, and Corbin, where he beat Corbin in a minute because he was a demon. 
The Miz and Daniel so Bryan. That's when, uh, that's when Jeff Hardy did the swan song to nobody on the apron. To nobody. AJ and Samoa Joe fell flat. The Miz and Daniel Bryan was supposed to be the match of the year. It fell flat. That's when Kevin Owens got squashed, got choked him on the on the ramp on the outside. Charlotte and Carmella and Becky Lynch in that triple threat match. You know, the, the new they got squashed by the Bludgeon Brothers. The only good matchup on that card was Ziggler and Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. Only good one. So that's uh, that's basically all, all I'm saying. But yeah, so but other than that, SummerSlam has usually been very consistent. So I've uh, enjoyed SummerSlam. So now we got SummerSlam coming up. Before we get to all that, I know we just talked about it a lot. Uh, we got to pay some bills first. Uh, make sure, yeah, well, so we we just about to go in it, but we ain't paid no bills yet. Make sure you guys check out SpacesFilly.com, the production company we're a part of, to check out all your black podcasts up there. Uh, they got some great content, Lulu and Pop, Lulu and Pop Horror Show, both sides, and um, Market Dark Show. Check out the Nerd Coalition's content on, where, on there as well. The No Gimmick Scene of Wrestling Podcast. Turntable, it's about culture and beyond. Ner- uh, Nerd to Talk Podcast. Stay tuned for that podcast, because we're talking all about... DC fandom and Lovecraft Country and Project Power and all that great stuff on the podcast. So make sure you guys check all that great stuff out. Uh, also check out Drunk Dog Sober Tongues. We uh, I do have my Ballers Lounge podcast. It's not on Spaces Philly. We try to get that up because the NBA bubble is a thing right now. I'm sorry for your team. Primetime about to get swept, but uh, I don't know about swept, but it ain't looking good. No, to, I'm telling you right now, one of the series. Eight but two teams is going to get swept. My hometown team in Philly, because we ain't got Simmons and and Bede is out of shape, and Brooklyn. They yeah, have, okay. yeah, they getting swept. And other than other than that, yeah, everybody can put their brooms back. So, but uh, yeah, so we we, we talk about that. Uh, make sure you guys check us out on all the podcast apps: Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that stuff. Also, YouTube Premium. Check us out on there as well. Make sure you check out TheRealNerdCoalition.com where you guys can find your Nerd Coalition merch, your, Nerd, your NC logo. NC with the Shazam uh, logo. That's, that's the NC Studios logo now. We might have some Level Up shirts coming out and NC Studios shirts coming out as well. Uh, also, we have the classic uh, NC logo and we have the No Gimmicks in the Wrestling Podcast logo on the t-shirt. So make sure you guys check all that great stuff out and you know continue to buy the merch. We appreciate it. Some people have been buying the merch and putting on Instagram, so I am very, very thankful for all that stuff. And uh, check out my man Primetime stuff, too. And once he gets some merch, we can uh, sell it on the channel as well. Some Prime Nostalgia merch. And, uh, you know, check out the Prime Nostalgia podcast as well. Uh, do, do me a favor, Prime, as I blow my nose. Sell your podcast for me. Man, look, y'all like nostalgia, just nostalgic conversations or topics. Y'all can come with us. We did a uh, we did a all that Zoom call. We uh, got some special stuff coming up this week's episode. We'll be we talk about Space Jam, and next week's episode we'll be talking about a Michael Jackson special. So uh, I think that'd be interesting if you guys are into that. But if you're not, we still got something for you. So uh, stay tuned for that because that Michael Jackson episode is going to be great. Yes, it, and yes, first it, of all, it, you talked about it, Space Jam, and you talk about Space Jam too. Uh, we, we talked about both of those things in there, but, uh, you know, we kind of mixed them in a little bit. Especially on one and two. Gotcha. Yeah, so you got great actually, No, I was going to say real quick, we actually did a, uh, during that, we 
for some reason, just start going on the tangent and we start talking about like what kind of cartoon characters will make a good top uh, starting five. Uh-huh. So, uh, you can kind of get into that conversation a little bit. And, uh, yeah, y'all gotta go listen to it. I, I'm not gonna spoil enough for that. I just say y'all gotta go listen to it. Okay, that'd be cool. So, yeah, so don't, make sure you check out all that great content. So, we're here. We got a thick week of wrestling. A lot of stuff has been happening. I can't say like a lot. We we have heavier weeks, but uh, we got some beefy topics here. But it's SummerSlam. Like I said, SummerSlam is this Sunday. But I'm trying to have the predictions up by Saturday. But SummerSlam is this Sunday. So the, the, the tagline: You'll never see it coming. So. I, Vince McMahon already told us on SmackDown that you're never going to see it coming because uh, so it's going to be in the in the Thunderdome. First of all, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. You want to talk about it right now? Uh, how, how do you like WWE's Thunderdome? I give it until after SummerSlam until somebody shows their jump. It's it, until somebody does what? I give it SummerSlam when somebody start and they start showing their jump. Now they they said people that that that, that do inappropriate stuff on that door will be fine. Okay, what what makes you, you like they can't rent some with their brother computer and then like try to delete it real quick? You, you right? I'm just saying, make up a random email. They they found somebody on SmackDown, um, going to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm mean, like, so it when but you got over pay per view, what yeah. makes you think they won't take the opportunity? Oh, I mean, they will. That's what I'm saying. So keep keep your eyes open, but without the ignorance, obviously, just to look at the the, the spectacle of it, I like the Thunderdome. It's distracting. Like it's not like the. I wish they had it like the NBA version, though. No, because the thing is, the 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 NBA only use one side because we only look at one side of the game when we watch basketball, but they're playing in an arena. The, when you watch wrestling, if you put it on one side, it's just like that will be more distracting because it, it's an no, arena. No, not one side. I'm talking about like the. I'm talking about the setting for the, the backgrounds. You know, some people have bright green, some people have orange in their background. I just kind of wish it would like look like a seat behind them. Oh, okay, just, okay. So how NBA has to like they mask out and everybody's like in a seat. Yeah, because like some, sometimes it probably could be distracting depending on either who wrestling. Like if Naomi come out. And she got on like the bright green, and then like it's like five or six screens in a row that got on bright screens that might be distracting. Okay, I, I got you. I mean, overall, I thought it was cool. I mean, obviously they took the idea from the NBA, but they yeah. enhanced on it. And I had to I to tell you this right now. After seeing SmackDown, I'm like, you know what? I never thought I would be so happy. Hear me out. I never thought I would be so happy. To see the old SmackDown and Raw set because I was over that performance center. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't even think that's, that's not even a SmackDown set. That's like the pay per view uh, set. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, but because you, you, yeah. I know I want the SmackDown set that they got the like the, like the, the Iron Man arc reactor at the top. Yeah, of the I, I wish they would. I wish they would have kept that. I mean, I, I think they probably are going to. But this, like this, this, this the first. I don't think. I think. I think that this is just their like. Here, this is our set for the next two months. Oh, well, see, I'm hoping that you know they put some like why not put some life because they were they were really pulling for an outdoor SummerSlam and this would have been the best time to do it. But since they didn't get the outdoor SummerSlam, I'm like, can y'all at least have the summer theme there? Some pop like 
the way WCW used to do it at Bash at the Beach, mm-hmm. I love, like I said, you can say what you want about WCW pay-per-views, but the way they had things uh, set up and everything like that, I thought that thing was cool. So if now since you got the Thunderdome and Vince is hyping up SummerSlam at this Thunderdome, you might as well come big with it because you heard what AEW's doing now, right? Uh, what are they doing? They're letting in fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, right, yeah. All in, right. In, in, in I'll my, let y'all know how that go. In my opinion, now look, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter saying, y'all would have got Vince out of here if he had did something like that, so give keep the same energy. I'm like, hold on. We going to keep the same energy. But they, they, I keep the same energy, but they've all, from the beginning, showed good safety precautions and good practices, while WWE have not. It's the difference, at least for me. I mean, it is just for them to keep it good practices with wrestlers, but with, with the fans coming there and also like that, because see, it's like this. You can have that whole fever check thing, but you've seen that people in in uh, Nebraska was it, or, or uh, Idaho or wherever, uh, or Dakota, where uh, Fozzie had their concert. So peep this. Seven people were tested positive, right? But peep this, everybody didn't get tested. So there are more people out there who got sick and they haven't gotten tested because everybody's like, well, it was only seven out of 400, something, something, something. I'm like, that's not the point. Well, I'll let y'all know how it goes next week. You going? Yep. I knew he was going. I mean, he, he he's there I in Florida. Gonna, I wasn't going to go at first, but then I was like, I don't got nothing to do on Thursday, uh, so I might as well just check it out to see how it is. Uh-huh. And the way that they get the tickets and the, the way that they got it set up is that you like um, you're in your own row or you're in your own bubble. Okay. So like, no, nobody in the row in front of you, nobody in the row behind you, and nobody in the row next. To you. All right. So it's like, are you doing like every other seat or every two seats? No, I'm talking about like the whole row. Oh so wow! Like, like, it, it, yeah. So like, if you and your Say if me and like three people were to go, it'd be me and three people in in this row. Nobody in front of us. Nobody in the row in front of us. Nobody in the row behind us. And then nobody in the row next to us, like in the next two sections and the next section over. Wow. So yeah, they kind of bought it like a bubble bubble seating. How do you, you know what? Yeah, you gotta let us know next week how that turns out because I don't know. Like I said, this, this, obviously this is spirit of competition. And as of right now, I'm cool with the whole Thunderdome thing. I'm cool with the them taking it. They finally put the 2K noises in there because, like I said, NBA did been doing that. I'm like, Vince, you could have been did this. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, you, you was being in your what feelings. Is NBA, what is WWE 2K? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, please don't pipe in the you deserve it. This oh, is, please it, do not pipe in the Triple H. Yeah, the Triple H. One fall. I don't need. I don't, please, for the love of baby Jesus, do not pipe in. What? What? Oh no! So I mean, or, like, or the CM Punk chance. See, oh my God! That, that, if that, that'd see, be crazy. They, that's, they're doing that on their. They're doing that on their own. Yeah. So once they, out, out of a thousand, you know, so for them having a thousand people in the Thunderdome from now, like I said, I want to see how SummerSlam turns out. That should be good. Uh, t- tonight. Oh, wait, 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 y'all listening to this is going to be AEW's uh, Dynamite's show. So, I, we're going to see how their show turns out. And next Wednesday is when you're going to be gone, right? Yeah, 
Thursday. Next Thursday. Oh yeah, next Thursday. Next Thursday is the, is because the, of the playoffs. So yeah, so we, we we gotta see how it works out. You know, what I'm saying if it does or not. But as of right now, I'm just saying as the, as the, as the look and what, what they did. T- you can't say that Thunder Dome was not better than the, than the Performance Center. It is. It's very much. And they can do different stuff with, like, they can literally doing the entrances have the whole wall and that be like they uh, Titantron or whatever, and that would look so beautiful. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, like the Fiend's entrance don't uh, in the Serena was, was dope with the whole, in, in the whole Thunder Dome. So I'm like, okay, now that was SmackDown. You know, Raw is Mrs. Baby, so I want to see how he does Raw, and I definitely want to see how he does SummerSlam. So, I'm curious about that. So now, since we got that out the way, uh, let's go into SummerSlam. So as of right now, and this is after Raw SmackDown, we are confirmed eight matches. I don't oh, know. That's it. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be a pre-show or not. Uh, it does suck. I mean, we, uh, real quick, speaking of pre-show, they still. Still have people in the in the quote Thunderdome for two or five live and for uh superstars. They still doing it? Yes. They are st- Oh my god. <laughs> they could have kept that at the performance. They could have kept all that at the performance Like I I'm not clamoring for two or five live or you know, superstars. But what what would it look kinda look kinda dope in the performance center? Probably, but uh, I mean, I mean we look, we look how dope in the, the Thunderdome. I don't think it looked dope in the Thunderdome with just like the two or five logo in the background. Yeah, but other than that, I'm like, I, I don't know if you want had that much participation. If anybody watch two or five live? Because I know I shut my computer off. And for for two or five live, I mean, like <laughs> the two or five live, they could just say no fans. They could just pull up like a, a computer crowd, like no mercy crowd. Look, looks all like that. <laughs> well, uh, no matter what NBA or wrestling is doing, I tell you right now, it's better than baseball. Dope cardboard yeah. cutouts is annoying to me. Yeah, it's weird. Huh? It's weird. It is weird. It, it really is. All right, so like I said, eight eight match card for SummerSlam, and uh, like I said, since SmackDown ended, we don't know what's going to happen with Jeff Hardy and AJ, but they're probably not going to be on the show. But that kind of sucks if they're not. Yeah. I feel like uh, AJ Styles has not been on the last five, even though that's a stretch. I say on the last couple of paper, uh, pay-per-views. Ever since Money in the Bank, I don't think he's been on a pay-per-view since. He, he missed the stream rules? Yes. Okay, so yeah, he's been missing pay-per-views then. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, we still don't know. But as of right now, we got an eight-match card. So, let's get into it. And actually, this year's card, like I said, Summer Sam has usually been consistent. It actually looks looks like a pretty dope card, especially when it comes to story building. So let, let's go into. Usually, I start off with like, okay, what's the what's the the the, the one I'm least interested in? But I'm interested in mostly all all these stories. But let's just start with um, the Street Profits uh, taking on Andrade and Angel Garza with Selena Vega. We seen that Selena Vega was the one to po- poison Montez Ford. Uh, Bianca Belair like don't touch my husband she gave her her World Strongest Slam on the floor so I know oh, Selena Vega on the floor so I know she's gonna be out there so the prime time uh, the Street Profits are ready and they got they got the head on straight so who you got so winning go past that you just gonna call them the prime time players yeah I keep doing that he called prime time players no days off man but no Street Profits so who who wins this do we get new tag champs or do the Street Profits retain 
uh, how can we get new tag champs to do something fresh? And uh, they've had the belts like over almost like what two hundred days? I think so. Because they had at least since WrestleMania. WrestleMania been like one hundred and sixty, uh-huh. more than one hundred and sixty. So I feel like maybe it'd be time to change them up and give them to just to see if they would do something fresh with it. Okay. They could get them back the titles at payback if they want to. Like oh god, you know, payback is really next, right? Isn't it? Yes. Okay. Well, next week, I'm saying like by raw, they say okay, this ain't gonna work. I'm gonna put them back on the street, pop that uh, payback. Well, I mean, I like guards. I'm a fan of Angel Guards, and I like Andrade. And I mean, I, I would like to see them as tag champions. For some reason, though, the, the Street Profits have been taking too much, you know, smoke, as they should say, uh, coming into the coming weeks. And I'm like, he got to get his win back for. Well, however, he did beat Andrade on Raw this past Monday, so he did uh-huh. technically get his win back. So. You know my rule. You look good on TV. You lose on the pay per view. So you know what? I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna do Andrade and Angel Garza win it, or become the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Okay. okay. But I, I'm telling you about it. This is gonna be or, open. Or, or, or they do a WWE version and have uh, Montez and Dawkins win here, and they had to move it next week at the pay per view. That was suck. But that's the easy way though. That, that's the even Stevens booking in a in a kind of way. Uh. But yeah, so I think I it's going to be the match to open up the show. Apollo <laughs> Crews... Oh, I'm listening. Now, I was going to say, okay, but that, the next match is what you're about to think, uh, what you're about to say, I think this is going to be the first match. Okay. Apollo Crews taking on MVP for United States Championship. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin from the Hurt Business, is banned from ringside. So, what do you think is going to uh, happen in this matchup? I still think uh, I think Cedric might come out actually. Yo, I was thinking the same thing. They plant the seed because when Apollo Crews is like, "Yo, man, I Cedric, don't go out. It's gonna be me, Ali, and Ricochet gonna go out there and take take him on." He's like, "Well, what about me, man?" He said, "No, you just you, you just got that that full Nelson, man. You ain't ready to go out there. The way we got this." So then MVP was getting in his head a little bit, and then even though he took the twenty four seven championship from uh. Shelton Benjamin, they, they got it back. Cedric's tired of being the loser. So, if... You, you, you know they dirty. So, if Benjamin and Lashley can't come out, but uh, Alexander can screw Apollo Crews over and have MBT, MVP win a championship... Oh, well, wait a minute now. Still is Cedric now. Uh, I think he'll come out and try. And then uh, Apollo Crews will do something and then probably move on to something else. I still... I, I just... I like it, and I, I still think uh, MVP should get a championship because of his run that he's been on. But then when they add Shelton, and then they, now if they if they add Cedric, then I think MVP should just be the manager, and they probably give it to Lashley or something like you know. Well, that's just me. Lashley needs the main belt. We we we, we, he we does, we, we but since that. he doesn't, since he doesn't have it, I think that Shelton could have the. Have the twenty four seven, and maybe MVP and Cedric can have the tag belts, and then actually have the US if they want to make them the mid like that or something. It could be because like I, I don't know what the well we'll get to the championship later, but yeah. So you got Apollo winning or MVP winning? I got Apollo winning, and then him still being in the feud with them, and then payback. 
That's when he fights Cedric or Bobby for the belt and then loses. Well, MVP keeps talking about this is a business, and I'm going to put you over my knee and sun you like I'm supposed to. MVP knows that he he needs help against Apollo, and I think uh, having Cedric Alexander come out and screw Apollo over, I think is going to be the move and have MVP win the championship back. And then at payback, we get uh, Apollo and MVP again. But you know, with the, with the championship change hands, so I got MVP winning this match. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the double. No, no, I'm not doing that. Um, the no disqualification loser leaves WWE matchup was just announced on SmackDown. No longer a hair versus hair matchup. Sonya Deville taking on Mandy Rose. Now, there has been a lot of things that came out with Sonya Deville. We could probably talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. New details to what happened. Last week with the uh, with the stalker, so to uh, tonight on SmackDown when we record this, they switched up the card for real. It's no longer you know it's a uh, Mandy Rose trying to offer an olive branch to uh, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville says no, he she don't want that. I don't mind going bald, but since you want to uh, chicken out, we're going to up the ante. No disqualification. The loser leaves WWE because I can't stand to look at your face. So. Obviously, uh, it, as it should, this this thing that happened has taken a toll on both these women because they're changing. They've changed up the storyline for real, and you don't want them to, you know. And I, I and they both kind of need time off, but I think that Sonya Deville, uh, what's what's what with what's been going on, needs to take that time off because and to get her hair right because that that was a traumatic experience that you don't just wake up the next day and be cool with it. I don't care if she's a trained fighter or not. If somebody is in there who who is infatuated with you that bad, who is trying to kill like your best friend, like I said, we'll get into it later. No. Nah, I, I, I I you you need time to go and regroup. And once again and like I said, working in these conditions in the pandemic, it it this ain't worth it. It's not worth it. So I got Mandy Rose winning here. Sonya Deville takes the time off. Yeah, I got I got Mandy winning here. I still feel like Mandy's gonna take some time off too. Yeah, she probably take some time off too. I think these friends are gonna sit there and they, I I think they may have no disqualification match because they probably talked about it like, look, this is a good way to, to let out pent up aggression, like let it all out in this matchup to the point where. Oh, she let it out on Dana Brooke. On, uh, oh, she slapped shit out Dana Brooke. I'm saying, but uh, but for them to like to, to let out and trust each other as friends. And you you can really give some heat to the to this rivalry to the point where it's like Mandy still wins, but she got beat down so bad that she need to, she need to leave too. So you can play it off like that. Mm-hmm. So, so I got Mandy Rose winning. We got Mandy Rose winning. So Oscar's doing double duty, and she's doing unfortunately, unfortunately. But so, but now since uh, Bailey could not beat the clock on SmackDown, we have uh, Bailey going first. To face Oscar, so you know what this may be the opening match also because you know Oscar need a break. Yeah, yep. So we start off with Bailey versus Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Prime, who you have? I'm gonna say Sasha will come out and help Bailey win the belt. I mean, win the title. I mean, win the match. <laughs> Final answer. Yeah, I'm gonna say Sasha comes out and helps Bailey win the match. Okay. I feel like Shayna Brooke, Shayna Baszler gonna come out there. She said, he said Shayna Brooke. <laughs> yeah, I ain't need to, yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like Shayna 
might come out there, and then that's when uh, Sasha comes out and somehow get, uh, helps Bailey get the win. Well, I don't, I, I don't think um, since technically Bailey and Sasha are SmackDown superstar. Are you all right over there? You into a yeah. wind tunnel? Nah, my, my thing came out of accident. My okay, uh, headphones yeah. came out of accident. <laughs> uh, since Bailey and Sasha are SmackDown superstars, you know, you, you need the championship and it needs, it needs to stay in SmackDown. So I have Sasha Banks come in to help Bailey out uh, when it comes to, you know, the championship because and then uh, Oscar's going to lose that one. But going into Raw, I think if you're going to do a good storyline, you got to play it up of how it was. Sasha Banks is a four or five time women's champion and never successfully defended a championship not one time. Every time she defended the championship, she lost the championship. So why are they going to change it now? Sasha Banks is going to lose to Asuka. Asuka's going to win back her Raw Women's Championship. That's going to set up uh, Shayna Baszler and Asuka because they're the actual Raw superstars. The only reason why that Banks and Bailey are going to all the shows is because they're, they're the Women's Tag Team Champions. And since Bailey's going to keep her championship and Sasha's not, Bailey's going to play it because if you see on SmackDown, you know, uh, what was it? Asuka was, you know, Bailey didn't help Sasha when she would get attacked by Asuka. Uh, uh, so she'll it, never help her. That's gonna be a part of the story. Exactly. So this is this is obviously going to be. So yes, Bailey keeps her championship, but Sasha loses hers as we're gonna put put, uh, put holes into this leading up to WrestleMania. So who, who do you get? Is that how you got it going? Or are you you switching it around? Yeah, I got I got uh, Sasha helping Bailey win the match, and then uh, Bailey not doing nothing to help Sasha, and then she loses. All right. So now it's a street fight. Dominic Mysterio with his daddy Ray Mysterio is taking on the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins with Murphy. So now this is you know when they usually make street fights or no disqualification matches, it's because you don't want to expose the, the new people so like that. It, it it helps them out. How good do you think this match is gonna be? I mean, why not just make it? Mysterio can get in any time he wants. I mean, it's no complication. I mean, yeah, make, might as well make it a two on two tornado tag, or right. a two on two, and just like you know, have no Dominic and Seth be the only one to pin each other. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I think they, they, they would definitely make you know Dominic and. Well, I think the the Mysterio Dominic things will come a payback, but uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a. I think Dominic is going to show us something because Dominic. He does got some moves. He got some high flying moves for a tall guy, and he, he does he does he does hit a nice left six one nine. I think Domino uh, Dominic six one nine is better than Cesaro's. Oh yeah, I don't think Cesaro Cesaro just try to get to the next. That's a transition move for him. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, I, I I like Dominic six one nine. So I think it's going to be a good match. And once again, there are three wrestlers. Actually, there's more wrestlers, but I've said this many times before. There are three wrestlers that can have a five-star match with a broomstick. And what I mean by that is you can put them in the ring with anybody. They can bring anybody to a good match. Do you know who those three people are? I'm going to see if you know. No. Shawn Michaels? Oh, you're talking now or, or now. when? I'm talking about now because there's plenty of people uh, over the years, but I'm talking about in the business today. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and... Yep, and there's one more. I don't know who you, th- I don't know who you think. Dane Bryant? 
No, it's not Daniel Bryan. Is it? Is it AWAW? It's AEW. Omega. Exactly. Those are my. Three. I've said it in multiple videos. These are the three guys in the business today. You could probably give or take a Will Ospreay, but I'm going to go with AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, and Kenny Omega. You could put them in the ring with virtually anybody, and they can pull a good match out their ass. Look, Seth Rollins had a great match with The Miz at Backlash for the Intercontinental Championship when he's doing an Intercontinental Championship run. Great match. And Miz is a, a, is a decent wrestler, but he ain't no five-star you know, person, but he had a great match with... a. Seth Rollins. AJ Styles had a good match. Listen to me now. A good match with Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal? He had a good match with James Ellsworth. Yeah, but he almost killed him. But um, AJ Styles had, a, had made decent matches with James Ellsworth, but especially Jinder Mahal. So uh, that's why that was. And then Kenny Omega, well, we've seen him wrestle a blow up doll. But uh, in all seriousness. And an eight year old girl. And a, okay. But in all seriousness, though, Kenny Omega, uh, especially when I just seen him have a match, good match with the Dark Order, even though they, they are good. Kenny Omega, you can put him in there with anybody, and this is like, oh my god, they they will steal the fucking show. So when you have Seth Rollins in there with Dominic, that's the per- perfect person to be in there with. He's going to bring him to a good match. Seth's winning though. Seth's winning this matchup because I think at payback is when you get the tag team matchup. And then Dominic and Mysterio get the get the tag to get the win, so they can celebrate um, together. Okay, yeah, I, I would say um, I would want to say something. I don't. I just feel like they're gonna have a real Mysterio ass. You know what? No, I'll say I'll say Seth because I feel like they're gonna tie down Mysterio or something to have him watch. Yeah, because I think Austin Aries is coming back. I don't Austin Theory. <laughs> I'm about, shit, y'all gonna bring that Velveteen Dream? I don't Dream think he's. I don't, uh, yeah, but I think they have more evidence on him, though. Oh, what, ooh. I think like, they actually had, like, stuff for him. Rather than, like, a lot of good evidence, I think they actually had something on Austin Dream. Oh, okay. Well, I still got I still got Seth winning, beating Dominic, and then you, I, I like the idea of having Mysterio Roche, and then that payback, it's a tag team matchup against him and Murphy, and then they. Win that they win that matchup and they they can stand tall as a family, kind of like how the Rose family did over the Shield. I feel like they're gonna do Mysterio how they did uh, Xavier Woods in the Hell in a Cell and like tie hang him up by the apron or the, by the ring post and just start whooping him with a candlestick. No, that's what they did with uh, Jimmy Uso in the Hell in a Cell. They they, they they tied him up in the corner and saw well known. Oh, you mean like no, with the handcuffs? That. Yeah. Oh, oh, that part. I just remember they, they, they like pinned him to the side. No, nah, I'm talking about like put him in the handcuffs and just start wailing on him because he, he can't move and then just have him sit there and watch. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like they might do something like that. Like just make him sit and watch while they destroying him. Yeah. And then he ends up just ending it. Yeah, yeah you're right. So you you got Seth Rollins winning too, right? Yeah. Alright, and now since this rivalry has gotten some heat behind it, because it definitely didn't for the past two pay-per-views, we got Braun Strowman taking on The Fiend Bray Wyatt, the, the third version, the three faces of Wyatt, and Money in the Bank, he took on Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, beat him, cleanly. Then, at Extreme Rules, he took on cult leader Jim Jones Bray Wyatt, and then Bray Wyatt won, 
and took him down to the swamp. Then the fiend emerged. Now it's the rubber match. Now it's the fiend. You had the other two versions of Bray Wyatt, so now you're about to get the fiend. We've seen on Spider that he tried to choke slam him, but then the fiend emerged in the ambo, and it's not over yet, Braun. So this match should be have a stipulation to it, but unfortunately it's not. So, but I have the fiend win the Universal Championship. What yeah, I, I think this is where the fiend wins it. Because you know what it's come for. First of all, the Fiend is going to win it, and the Fiend is going to maintain that championship all the way to WrestleMania until burnout. Damn it! So Roman comes, and then Roman uh, takes the championship off the Fiend. I, I, yeah, I think so. If if uh, things are good back then, because if not, then. Uh... Well, like I said, we are starting to if force out. If not, then we're beginning. Instead of banner, we're getting banner, banner. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. The rematch. Yeah, no. We don't need that. But, yeah. I, I, definitely, I think Roman and the Fiend is the one that's set for WrestleMania 37. Uh, so, yeah. I have the uh, Fiend winning. Now it's time for the main event, which really got some good heat. Drew McIntyre taking on the Viper, Randy Orton, for the WWE championship now y'all know I actually did a video five years ago before before YouTube t- uh, took the whole channel down I did my top five favorite wrestlers Randy Orton is my fourth favorite wrestler of all time I've said it and I've said it and I will keep saying it and the legend killer angle was my favorite I ain't talking about the apex predator I ain't talking about the guy who DDT stuff I'm talking about the legend killer and now since he brought back a new form of the Legend Killer, Randy Orton has been on fire. His promos have been great. He took out Ric Flair. Uh, even though Sean's one of my favorite wrestlers, screw you, Sean. You 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 kind of. I don't know if you see my raw, my raw review prime, but this man took a plant kick and RKO got up. It got up like I'm like hold on. He took down Ric Flair, took down the Big Show, took down Christian, took down Edge. But yeah, Sean takes the RKO and then a punt kick, and then he's almost back to his senses. I'm like, remember when Ken Sharon gave him the ankle lock in '97? He had the lion pop in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I, uh, I guess old Sean said, I'm, hey, I, get, I don't get paid that much to sell. Exactly. I'm about to say, I'm like, yo, that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. Especially, I'm like, you, you can do it for Orton because Orton is one of the top guys in the business. So why not do it? I, okay, if if he if Sean did that for somebody like Ricochet. I got you, but this is Orton we're talking about here. And if I was, if I was Orton, I got in the, I would got in the back and chewed his ass out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would have. I mean, you can't get me. I would have got in the back and chewed his ass out. So, um, this this rivalry has been great. I don't know where this rivalry is going to necessarily go after this, because if Orton wins, you already know. Unless McIntyre get, get uh, gets it back, Edge is coming back, and I'm like Edge and Orton does not need a championship. Nope, it don't. It don't force that on there because Edge don't need it, Orton don't need it. You don't. They don't need the championship. So Drew Mc, but if Drew McIntyre wins, who is there for Drew to face? Other, because uh, uh-huh. they they beat almost beating everybody. So I'm gonna go Orton wins the match, and McIntyre wins it back. At either Payback or Survivor Series. Or Royal Rumble. I would say they give it to Orton. 
but I don't know who Orton would beat for it. I mean, who would beat Orton for it? It's bang. Well, I mean, you got people that they can go up against Orton, but I, 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 truly, I think they're gonna keep it with a theme, though. I think they're gonna keep it with somebody that's kind of been there for a while, like, oh, like ain't gonna be no upcoming and new. Yeah, ain't gonna be no not a legend, legend, but somebody that's been there, like McIntyre's been there for over ten years, or technically, yeah. You know, I don't think they're gonna give it to somebody that that's been there for like less than three or four years. That's just okay. my opinion. I mean, I, 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 yeah, they, they got the legend killer theme going, so I could see that happening. Then here they go, they'll call Triple H. <laughs> Bring, bring Hogan back so he can RKO him on the card. Yo, bring him. Hogan back so he can get his win. How about that one? Because nah, I don't want to just see him get a win. I want to see him destroy Hogan. Oh yeah, over that uh, that was the best RKO ever. But everybody knows 2006 Radio should have won that match. Just saying. But yeah, I have Orton win anyway. So that right there, guys, is our SummerSlam prediction. So make sure you guys tune in as we're going to give you our SummerSlam prediction. I mean. Our review after SummerSlam is over, hopefully, right, Prime Time? Yep. And then uh, you you can join us for uh, NXT because, let's see, TakeOver's at 8 and Dynamite's at 6. So it's going to be from like 6 to 10 of just straight wrestling. Dynamite is on Prime Time. What are you talking about? You're going to just undermine them like that? Oh, yeah, you're right. They're on Prime Time right now. Prime Time. So, yeah, uh, make sure you guys. uh, Check that out. And like I so said, we plan on now. The, the thing with that is we plan on doing that, put the Wednesday Night War up and all that because we still got to do the NXT part because NXT was on Wednesday. And the, that was their go-home show to take over 30. And then do our take over 30 review also. So a lot of wrestling content coming your way. So make sure you guys, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel or just make, make sure you always check out all the content that we have coming for you. So a lot of things to talk about. Uh, last week... We had a death that we didn't get that we didn't get in time to talk about. Um, so uh, last week, uh, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but his, his wrestling name was Xavier, uh-huh. but his real name was a John Jero, uh, B E D O Y A Junior Bodea Bodea Junior. Passed away August 16th, 2020. I don't... Uh, I couldn't find... I was sitting here searching around of what he passed away from. He was a very young guy. He was only 42 years old. So, I don't know what he passed away from. Uh, I don't know if, if if you know that on your end prime time. Do you? Nah, I don't. Okay. I don't. Okay, well... Now, here's the thing starting out. Because I have been on my podcast in earlier episodes and stated I'm not a Ring of Honor fan at all. I used to not, I used to just dislike Ring of Honor at all, at, you know, at all things. The people that came from Ring of Honor, even though I know Samoa Joe, AJ, Seth, and everybody came from Ring of Honor I, and Daniel, Brian Danielson, obviously, but I was just never a fan of Ring of Honor. And then, obviously, um, my boy Chubb tried to get me back into Ring of Honor. And we, we, we used to go to a couple of the tapings in 2016 and when Adam Cole and Kyle Riley was feuding over the championship. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and the Young Bucks was there and all that stuff like that. So Ring of Honor was trying to get a little better. That's when they had Caprice Coleman. And, you know, say Kenny King and all of them were still there. So uh, I tried to give it more of a chance. So I was unfamiliar with uh, this guy. But he's been here for for a while. Because he, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Xavier 
Since he appeared on the first ever Ring of Honor show. And Ring of Honor began in 2002, just like NWA TNA did. And then uh, he has worked with, obviously, some uh, big uh, Ring of Honor names, especially like Amazing Red. I'm a big fan of Amazing Red, so I know Amazing Red. I know Low Key. uh, But, you know, I I was not familiar with with this guy, Xavier at all. So Me neither, not much. Not much? Nope. Okay, well. The rest in peace. <clears throat> oh, rest in peace, obviously. But I'm just you know, trying to give him a little backstory because um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to it, get to it in a second. Uh, you know, I, I think he was a uh, Ring of Honor what was was he ring about a champion? I'm trying to see if he was. I think he was like a, a television champion or something. Television champion. Okay, yeah. So, uh, and he had like a, a a little mixed martial arts career. I just feel bad because uh, then he left and then he came back to Ring of Honor and he uh, he challenged uh, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, you know, for the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship, you know, um, and uh, he lost his qualification. So, but I, I believe he. Like I said, I'm not sure if he was ever a Ring of Honor champ, but I heard nothing but good things about him in the, in the weeks I was trying to do my re- research about him. And it, you know, it sucks that they, they just released uh, funeral details. I have not seen uh, a wrestler get, unless you're like big time, get funeral details released because you know, they just like die and they kind of like push them off to the side and they had like a prior funeral for them. But they, uh, you know, announced a uh, funeral arrangement for people, I guess, that want to go. They already said that um, on Saturday, August 22nd, which is the day you're listening to this, will be the celebration of life at the Thomas and Walter Funeral Home in uh, Warwick, Rhode Island. Masks will be required because, obviously, we're still in a pandemic. No more than 60 people will be allowed in the building at one time because, obviously, of the covid the time is from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., and then his actual funeral will be held uh, August 24th in Long Island, New York. The funeral will be limited to the immediate family, which is understandable. So they created a GoFundMe for him uh, for his burial costs and uh, his his son's college education. And as of the writing, they have raised. $21,703. And the original goal uh, for the Memorial Fund was 19997 Okay. So, they was definitely able to uh, raise some money. Like I said, when you lose somebody that young and you got kids and you got plans, stuff, obviously stuff like that, then, you know, you got to take care of them kids somehow. And then, you know, if sometimes when people are young, they don't have life insurance so they don't have nothing to like they don't have no money like to bury them because let's just be let's face it when you're young the the last thing on your mind if it's on your mind at all is dying and then you you just you just never know and then things happen shit happens and it's very sad it's unfortunate that especially people young people like this man's 42 years old some people say yeah, he lived he he been on Earth for forty two years, but still, forty two years old is young. You have plenty of life, plenty of life to go. Especially when you have people that you know just dying at ninety five years old. Like you 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 have plenty of life to go, and it's just uh, 
very unfortunate. I, I wanted to find out, like, I don't know, you know, he's been, he's been so loved. I was just trying to figure out what, what did he pass away from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe something like quick, like a heart attack or something. Yeah, I don't know if it's a and heart attack. Really you know, I, I, I'm just praying that it wasn't nothing, you know, like suicidal or nothing like that. Because that happens a lot of times in professional wrestling. And I, like I said, he, he had some some marquee matches with some marquee wrestlers in Ring of Honor, especially like Jay Lethal and Brian Danielson. And, you know, said like I said, Amazing Red and all of them. So these are all names that I know. I He just flown by the radar, and I just never knew too much anything about him. But all the stuff I read, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's heartwarming when, you know, unfortunately, when somebody passes away, but they were loved so much. Because it, it, it will suck to, to, you know, die and no, nobody nobody liked you or cared about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who, who will want to spit on your body as soon as they've seen it? Like, you know, those people and those things like that out there uh, exist. So, like I said, you know, my condolences, obviously, said I didn't bring it up last week because we were talking about Kamala. And, uh, but I, I wanted to give my condolences to his family, of course. And like I said, I, I wanted to take this time to make sure I address, you know, his passing. I, I don't know too much of the history of it because I wasn't a Ring of Honor guy, a fan like that. So, obviously, I, I know someone who wouldn't know my boy Chubbs would know. But, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't know too much. Anything else you want to add, Prime? Prime? Uh, no, just rest in peace, huh? Yeah. Uh, also... Reason why I brought that up is because also last week I I, I want to put out an apology and what uh what, you may be sitting there saying like well, what you trying to apologize for well Kamala passed away last week and we kind of like jumped on there and here's, here's the thing once again I watched wrestling in '92 so when when that that Kamala was past his peak. I wasn't watching Leapfrog over Hulk Hogan, uh, Kamala, in the '80s, like the good Kamala. And I, I and I made a comment without doing my research. And I, I always uh, <clears throat> pride myself on doing research before I do a podcast, and to have everybody that's going to join me from Q Flow to Prime Time to Lady Sketch to make sure they come on my podcast and do their homework. So you know we're out here and we can sound like professionals and legit. Well, I'm going to be the one to, to take the blame that I did not do that like I should have last week. I uh, listened to uh, a couple of my favorite podcasters, Solomon Sounds Off. Make sure you guys check out Solomon Sounds Off every Sunday. He does a great podcast. He had a 35-minute thing on Kamala. And I was sitting there as a black podcaster like myself, and not saying you should do this because the person is black, but... You know, say so you try to represent your people, and after him listing the stuff that Kamala did and has done, and the stories that uh, he told, I was like, well, first of all, we should have put him in our top fifty African American wrestlers, and we did. Well, I, we I, we look. The only thing I knew from Kamala is the stuff that they showed us. I didn't go back and watch that, so I guess that's my fault. But that was just how I feel. No, no. I mean, I understand that, but like I said, I. I try to do the best I can to at least do do my homework and research to have a for, uh, a good opinion. And I went back and watched some of his stuff, you know what I'm saying? And the man has some good, you know, 
in-ring presence. Like, the, the wrestling is not always just about, you know, the moves of it. It's about your selling. It's about your ring IQ. It's like there's more to a basketball player than just scoring points. Because you can score 30, 40 points a game, but you may suck. You may not be able to good on defense. James Harden, you may not be good. Or I'm sorry, but it's the truth, though. You may not be good on defense. You may not have good basketball IQ. You may only thing you may know is just how to score the basketball, and it comes. It's, it's it's not a more complete package than that. And that's what I felt as though Kamala was. Maybe Kamala wasn't in. Uh, I'm not saying he's on a Kendrick Perkins level, but I'm just saying. But Kamala was uh, one of those. You, know, you can't disrespect the dad like that. I, I'm not going. To, I said I wasn't going to put him on a Kendrick Perkins level. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. saying uh, Kendrick Perkins level. That's kind of yeah. I, I'm not gonna put him on Kendrick Perkins level, but I'm just saying. But he was that. He was that wrestler that you know. Saying he he knew his in ring presence. He knew who he was working with. He knew the selling. He knew all that stuff. That you may not be the one to score a lot of points like Hogan, but I'm saying. But you were definitely the one that you know. They build up for him to have a bad guy, and I put on. I said on the show that Vince McMahon and his racist stereotypical. Uh, characters that he had back in the 90s well I got information and learned that the Kamala character wasn't even Vince McMahon's idea and I'm like okay if I'm gonna call somebody out for for, for their bullshit make sure you call out the right person and uh, watch it be Jim Cornette let me stop no no, actually the Kamala character came from Jerry Lawler Uh, well close (laughs) he said close so uh, he was down in, in Memphis and then uh, he came. And K- Kamala told oh, the story. So, so just like, just like how Jim Cornette did with uh, New Jack. You look like you'd be a good heel of our company because I live in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, but uh, Kamala told the story. He said, and Jerry Lowe said, "Did anybody see you?" He said, "No, no, no go hide in the locker room because you know Kayfabe was really real back then." And then uh, you know Jerry Lowe's an artist, so he had these different kind of paintings and stuff like that he's seen this this painting of this woman getting kidnapped that had all these African cannibalists around her stuff like that so he scoped out the picture and scoped out you know the uh, the helmet and the base stuff like that and to the point where it's like okay d- I, I want you to be like can you be this character now he said he was he, he had reservations about giving him this idea, this character, because he didn't know how Kamala was going to take it. Because obviously he's black, and it's a very racially racially insensitive character that wrestling has been known for. Now, in Kamala's words, in, in Kamala Harris' words, well, well, I mean, I can't say that because that's the that's the, that's the they had the same last name and the same nickname. That's something. But uh, mm-hmm. in Kamala's words, he said he didn't mind the character. He. The, the, the problem that Kamala had was when racist promoters would not pay him uh, what he was worth be- only because he was black. And he didn't have a problem with the racially insensitive gimmicks, stuff like that, because he said it was just a job and it was a character, stuff like that. So he didn't have, that's what he said. He didn't have a problem with it, but he did have a problem when I'm not getting paid. And they brought up some uh, stories about how. They built him, and he was working with Hogan in the eighties and Saturday May events like that. And Hogan was getting all the money, and he wasn't even getting, you know, a quarter of what he was making. He, he said, you, 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 "Everybody Hogan's in a few with though." Yeah, I would say, but no, not saying you're supposed to be making Hogan money. But if you're in a program with Hogan, you're supposed to be getting broke off pretty good. Like, say if Hogan 
was going to make from this program, like in this match, $500,000, right? Mm-hmm. Kamala feels as though that maybe he should be making 100000 to get to get yeah. that yeah to get that quick because you're working with Hogan you're working with the top dog you're working with the Golden Goose so anybody at that time didn't mind working with Hogan because you're going to get you're supposed to get get a paid a big payday but Kamala wasn't even making that he was bringing home like what fifty thousand dollars hey maybe they ran out of Hogan and Kamala T-shirts in the crowd and the crowd just you know just stopped buying stuff and all the money just happened to go to Hogan you know. No, we we ain't doing that. So I'm saying, so the, he he talked about the casket match with him and Undertaker. He made thirteen thousand dollars with that casket match, and it was rumored. It has not been confirmed, but it was rumored that the Undertaker made half a million off that match, five hundred thousand dollars. Now, he said the guy that that was doing the papers, he said he got his paycheck and salary correct to the T so he figured that when he told him about how much Undertaker was making that he was right it still hasn't been confirmed Undertaker was making that much money at that time because Undertaker was still fresh still kind of green at that time so we don't know but these were the different stories that he had and he's the only guy who came out of his mouth that had a good story listen to me a good story about the Ultimate Warrior yeah I, so he said that Obviously, because you know Kamala was on, on on the top of the pay scale or anything like that, he said he had to stay in the rundown hotels and he because he had to save money. And I'm like, with these guys making these kind of kind of money, like pe- people don't understand, if you make fifteen hundred dollars off a match or a fifteen hundred dollars a, a a night, then you got to go get your own rental car, get your mm-hmm. own gas, get your mm-hmm. own food, get your own hotel room. That fifteen hundred dollars ain't no money. Yeah. That fit people were like fifteen hundred dollars a night, and I wrestled. I'm like, but that's no money. Now for that's the, that's one of the biggest problems with wrestling in WWE. Like you know, say you paying for your health insurance, you're paying for your own travel, you're paying for your hotel, you're paying for your car to travel. Like all that is expensive, and that's why you hear stories about Mick Foley sleeping in the rental car or. You know, Owen Hart going to other people's hotel rooms and camping out with them so he didn't have to pay for it. Like, doing all this kind of stuff because you don't realize once you start eating away at that money, it's going. You just want to try to save up as much yeah, as you can. Exactly. So that's what he was happy. So he said that the Ultimate Warrior, for somehow, he said he never told him, but knew how much he was making. It was like, look, anytime I he gets a limo to go to wherever next place he needs to go. So if you want to take a ride in the limo, you're always welcome. That's what he said the Warriors told him. And then when he was in the hotel and he was staying at the you know the cheap Motel 6 and stuff like that, Warriors staying at the Marriott, he said whenever, you know, uh, Warrior got him a hotel room, a nice hotel room to uh, stay in. So and he said, you know, whenever you want, you want a nice hotel, just let me know. So Are you sure we're talking about the same person? That's what I said. We are talking about the same person. Now, once again, Warrior is justified for for people's talking shit about the Ultimate Warrior. But I guess there's some silver lines and some things. Ain't won't mean he's forgiven, but I'm just saying. But, you know, there is a little bit of nice and evil people also. So, those were from Kamala's words. So, with me going back and doing more research, seeing more things, I just had to bring that up real quick because I was like, I want to take this time to like apologize personally to just like I said to respect 
to, to, to respect the dead, a, a Kamala, James Kamala Harris, to, to, to respect okay. him. And, you know, we put, as they, as they say today, put some respect on his name. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, so I wanted to put some, make sure I put some respect on that man's name. for and he, is, he is a Hall of Famer, and, but once he, he wasn't here to, to smell his flowers because, you know, and then he died from COVID. I didn't know he died. Like I said, everything was so quick last week. Uh, his wife or uh, fame ever came out that he he had to keep going for um, treatment for because uh, you know he, he he had to get two amputations for diabetes, and uh, it was dialysis he had to go for. My brother goes on dialysis, and that's how he caught COVID because you had to keep going back and forth to these doctors' offices and stuff like that. That yeah, and then it, it it caught up with him. He was feeling fine, but then he fell into cardiac arrest and died. Four days later, so I just wanted to make sure that I felt as though that I was doing my best to get the information out to you guys. That's why I didn't want to up and praise too much about. I, I waited a week to try to study as much as I could when it came to the, the guys here from Ring of Honor. But like I said, me just not being in the Ring of Honor at that time, or usually like at ever, I wasn't even familiar with the gentleman. But I just wanted to get that out. You know, what I'm saying to make sure that in the future that we study hard as we can. For you know, people at the top, of just to give respect on that. For the most part, yeah. for the most part, yeah. Uh, also going on is um, your girl Renee Young is leaving WWE, which is to no surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so the the rumors is true that Renee Young is planning on leaving the WWE, and in my personal opinion, it's well overdue. Because yeah. Renee Young has given her heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears to WWE, and it you know what I'm saying it's like they they really haven't gone back to give her anything to work with. Everything Renee Young has had in WWE, WWE has found some way to like get rid of. It. Like remember, Talking Smack was a good day. It just came back today, but uh. When Renee and Renee Young and Dale Bryan was doing Talking Smack, that was great. She had her own show. She had uh, Unfiltered with Renee Young. She had a Young. box show. Yeah. yeah uh, she had Unfiltered with Renee Young on the network. And all these great things that she had, they just got rid of it. Oh, yep. And she has been, uh, she's way better, in my personal opinion, than Beth Phoenix and Lita on commentary. Yeah, okay. Because, right. yeah. I, like I said, I like Renee. I'm not saying Renee Young's the best on commentary. I mean, she's good at other things. Like she's good as that interview role. Like with, with Charlie Caruso and all them do now. That's what Renee Young Renee Young was good at, and she was good at her job. And she just she just had more excitement to her. And when they brought to announce team, I didn't think she got a fair shake neither when they brought her onto onto the announce team also. But I would listen to Renee Young over Lita because I think Lita is terrible. Damn, okay. Yeah, okay. Terrible? Think, like, just that bad? Just terrible? Like I that? think I think Lita is terrible on commentary. <laughs> All right. And then I, I think... I mean, she did do commentary with Jim Ross, so that's probably why. Oh, see? That, like, see? Well, everybody got their opinion because you don't like Jim Ross no more. Is mm-hmm. So, and then... uh. I think Beth Phoenix is all right, but you know, since she gets drowned out by Marl Ronaldo, so and that's not Marl's fault. This is how he is, but I felt as though that um, Renee was be- was better than that, and she was one of the only people to come out when she caught COVID. 
uh, last month, and then she she called it. And according to her, I believe WWE never even contacted her to see how she was doing. Nah, they probably wouldn't. I mean, now, 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 I don't understand again, why. Why do people think that they would like? Yeah. Now, once again, I was about to say. It's not WWE's responsibility to check up on people. Now, I'm pretty sure that all their fans did and all that, but not, people, not nobody from the office. Nah. nah. Uh, it's not because it's like my job don't call me when I'm sick of it. Like, yo, Brian, you doing all right? But I just, sometimes there, there's some moral stuff that also the stuff that she's been through. You know what I'm saying? It, you, you, you feel as though maybe, cause especially knowing that her conscience is going to be up. I know Triple H was going to do some persuading. Like, you will want to keep Renee Young because AEW is not the only one looking at Renee Young. ESPN is looking for looking at Renee Young. Different, I don't think she's going to AEW. I don't think so either. I mean, you know, actually, I think she could. Like, since her husband's there, she might come there and do, like, a couple, like, do, like, an interview thing. But I don't think, I think she's doing something bigger than wrestling itself. So. Yeah, I th- I really think for the talent that Renee Young has, I really think that she would be, you know, beneficial. Like I can see them when 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 her for Fox Sports, ESPN, or or one of these big sports companies, even TNT. These big sports companies that, that can use because uh, they got TNT coach. will more TNT will fall in with her being being better with the AEW. Yeah, if that was the the deal or, or the case. Yeah. Now, now, actually, bring out pretty well, but like, no, I think she's like her personality and stuff is bigger than just being in wrestling. Like, if she if she only does AEW, I would kind of be disappointed. I agree. Yeah, I I agree, and, th- and she, this is, and this is a big loss that WWE really couldn't afford. Yeah, they already lost Kathy this year. They lost who? Kathy Kelly. Oh, that's right, Kathy Kelly did leave, didn't she? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Dasha, Dasha left, but nobody cared about Dasha. Dasha was on AEW. Dasha bought 2.0. She still talks like a robot. I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't. Sick, but, uh. I don't be listening. I be looking. So, he, he be looking. So, uh, your thoughts really, like, uh, on, on, on her leaving? I think she's gonna go on the. I'm, I think she's planning. She's talking like she's planning something. So she probably have like a like a show on ESPN. So they probably be like her, probably like a her and his and hers type of thing. I feel like that's probably what she's planning on doing. You mean like like the Miz and Mrs. No, like his and hers, like how Michael Smith and Jamel Hill had oh, a yeah. show oh, on yeah. ESPN. Yeah, I, I like that it, show. It would probably be something like that. I feel like that's something she'll be striving in. But you know what? Honestly. I would feel like she would do the same show that she had, just like a different, like not with Booker T, and not talk about just wrestling. Oh yeah, talk I about all like types of sports. She would have. Huh? Talk about all the sports. Yeah, I feel like that they did when they did the uh, what was that show called? FS One. Oh, backstage. Yeah, it was be something like WWE backstage, but just probably more free and not just wrestling, but like, like you know. Maybe, you know, uh, football, basketball, hockey or something, and wrestling involved with it. And maybe she could talk about a like, more grand scheme of wrestling. Like, uh-huh. maybe she could talk about AEW and WWE and whatever is 
that weekend or something. There's a, there's it, a lot of man. I, I, I used to like backstage, and then once again, it's something that she did, and they, they, they took it away. But the, the, it wasn't her fault that they took it away. They just ain't want nobody watching. Yeah. And then what, 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 I so, watched so, the YouTube so, clips. I wasn't watching the actual like show. I mean, I, I watched a couple times. I'm just like, but here's the problem with backstage was the problem with Vince McMahon is understand is nobody wants to watch a scripted wrestling show that's not part of wrestling like when, when when superstars leave the wrestling ring and they go on different podcasts but you have like a gag order or something like they can't say certain things they can't do certain things they can't talk about certain things and they know like the, like the people who know the fans is watching them or watching the show know that these people are lying it's kind of like um remember when CM Punk was on backstage and he was trying to egg Booker T and Paige to talk about uh, what what was the bad decision that they, they, they made that he kept trying to uh, a Booker T and Paige to talk about. And you know Booker T wasn't going for that shit, but still. Hey, CM Punk don't be caring. Like, see, but, but, was like uh, he's our he's our WWE employee, so he can say whatever he wants to say. I know that's probably be funny because like the dude they was talking about SummerSlam '92 or something. It was like uh, we haven't been back to SummerSlam. We've been back to UK for SummerSlam since so and so. He was like, "Well, yeah, y'all had Triple H and Kevin Nash in the main event. I see why we haven't been back, you know." Exactly. He kind of made them smart comments. It's, it's hilarious. Is and that's what I'm saying. And, but the the the, the WWE employees aren't able to talk about certain things. And he knows that. I mean, Booker can. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of contract Booker T got. To be honest with you, I don't think he got no contract because on his show he could talk about everything. He can talk about everything, but I haven't really heard. Like ever since Booker T got the Hall of Fame podcast, I have because remember remember he used to have the heated conversations podcast, mm-hmm. and then it turns like the Hall of Fame. Like he don't talk about the, the heated topics no more too much, do we? Yeah, I mean it depends on what you mean that's heated. Like he still talk about every everything. Well, though. I remember when he brought Randy Orton on there to discuss about kneeling for the flag back when Kaepernick was doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the, that was the hot seat right there. Nah, he don't he don't nah, he don't have people in the hot seat. It just be him and his co-host, and he just talk about them, talk about topics. Yeah, like I'm saying, I, I, like usually with this Hall of Fame show, I haven't heard too many negative things. Or so basically, you want uh, you want stuff to, that that be juicy content, basically. Yeah, I mean, who 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 would? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, cause, oh, he got Corey Graves on the. He said he gonna do something to him in the in the supermarket. Exactly. Yeah. Like, would you, would the, now, that like, was probably uh, that's probably the most viewed Booker T episode of whatever show. Oh, he, he called hey, it. We had Corey Graves on there. The, the one before then, when he was talking about what he's gonna do to him. Uh huh. If I see him on the street, I ain't gonna do nothing to him. I catch him at Starbucks. I ain't gonna do nothing to him. Let me catch him behind the alley. <laughs> that whole thing was funny. Yeah. So like like those kind of conversations, I I, I feel though, and I and uh, I think Renee Young now says so she, so she'll be free. She can be able to go around. I would like to hear like once again. <clears throat> I need it before Renee Young gets her, ne- her next job. I need to talk as Jericho, or I need a podcast where she goes on there and explains everything that went wrong with her at WWE, like, like they always do. Nah, like, that's that's too much. I, I, honestly, I don't I don't want that. You know what? For Renee Young. Mm-mm. Because you gotta expose this company for this I don't want bullshit. that because I don't want that because of the mo- so much stuff she's been through. It's gonna sound like she's a whining b word. That's how they will put it. Okay. Because so much for her is not going right. 
if she just goes and talk about it, it looks like she's just like complaining, basically. Well, she does have a podcast, so if she, you know, wants to talk about it, she can on her podcast. I just, I just realized, I'm just looking like, oh shit, she does have a podcast, so she wants to. If she wants to talk about it, she she can talk I'm about sure it. I'm sure she will. I'm <laughs> saying, I'm just saying, like you know, as soon as everything's over, people are gonna be asking her questions. I don't think it will be right if that's all she does is only go there to talk about the bad stuff. Because then it's so much bad to where it just it's basically seems like all she's doing is talking about complaining. Okay, and that makes sense. Uh huh. But but yeah, okay. that's probably just me though. No, I mean, I mean that will I honestly, you know, be. The truth, because uh, like when Moxley when Moxley went over, and he had his talking talking uh, Jericho episode. At least he had he had some good, a lot of good, but the bad started at the end. You're right. Renee Young seemed like she had nothing but bad. It's like they put her and they gave her a promotion just for her to fail and it be bad, and then them take it away and say, "See, this is why you couldn't do it." I, I don't. No, no. You know. You're right. You're absolutely right about yeah. that. Uh, did you see the news about your boy Shane McMahon? Uh, what about it? Vince McMahon is considering his son Shane as the new head of WWE Raw. Oh, uh, you talking over Bruce Pitcher? Yes. Actually, I might. I might. I'm actually like, not like it, but I, I actually want to see how that goes. Because Paul Heyman... I, like, I feel like Shane is probably the one of the only ones he can't push around. It's not a yes, man. No, no, Shane's not a yes, man, because he knows his dad. And he ain't getting under his dad's skin. Uh, not that, I'm, I'm saying, like, you know, if Vince is a test of something, you know, like, Bruce Pitcher is not going to say, I strongly disagree with this, because he's probably going to be afraid of losing his job. Yeah. I feel like Shane, Shane would be like, nah, I don't like it, Vince said, you sure you don't like it? You can get fired. I'm pretty sure Shane's like, okay, fire me. Like, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it. You're not going to make me like it. I don't know. I just feel like that's how Shane would be. Like, Shane would, like, go at him for his ideas. I, I think you would, too. Here's the, the thing with that is, well, first of all, I think a lot of things will be better uh, than, than Bruce Pritchard. Because one thing about Shane McMahon is, I feel as though Shane McMahon is, like, down to earth. Like, mm-hmm. he ain't a yes man like Bruce Pritchard, he's not all about the extreme shit like Paul Heyman, and he's not like his dad, who is clearly not in this time frame. Like Shane uses Twitter and IG and stuff like that. So Shane, Shane, one of the sure. funniest running gags ever. Which one? It's every time somebody's birthday, best man puts a picture and then writes a heartfelt message, and every time I look under the comments just for this one comment. Of him just saying, "Happy birthday, Shane McMahon." <laughs> and everybody else on Twitter get like a, "This is one of the most decorated, best superstars in the in the era, and these are one of the most greatest persons, the good personality." And then Shane McMahon is just, "Happy birthday, Shane McMahon." This is oh, every time, <laughs> every time. <clears throat> Even people be commenting like, "I only came here for this." Yeah, we look. Well, see, that's the thing. Shane has like he he got somebody to buy his drawers every day. Shane has that more versed in what's going on now mindset. However, Shane McMahon, uh, he has like you know how people say Shane. The people got hit hits and misses. Shane got like misses and hits. 
Because there are a couple ideas that Shane McMahon had that don't. That wasn't all on the ground of Shane McMahon's idea, then uh, that's a mess for me. It, well, yeah, see, now here's the thing. This is what I mean by misses and hits. Because Raw Underground, the concept, is a hit. But the miss is, like, first of all... Execution. Execution. And that's the thing. Shane has these good ideas. But the execution don't always be there. Remember when they did the whole time machine and the New Day went back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a Shane McMahon idea. And I'm like, okay, if you want to get Kofi back to his old, you know, Jamaican Kofi style thing, that's fine. But the time machine thing didn't work. He had an idea that was like, okay, let's see how this worked out. And then the execution was trash. Now, the problem with Raw Underground is it's too pretty. And what I mean by too pretty is it's too much production in Raw Underground. Let me ask you a, let me ask you a question, Pro. If you're looking at an underground fight club, right? That mm-hmm. is supposed to be on the hush hush. <laughs> Why do I have camera cuts? Yeah. Why do I have camera A, B, and C in this underground establishment with me? Why is it that when Shane opened the door, all this smoke came out and was just like like like, like he opened the door like he had the smooth criminal video and walked in there to raw <laughs> underground? I'm like it's it's too much production. First of all, you can tell Obviously, that, that, that's clearly in the hallway. I'm like, you need to be grimy. Like, in, in my personal opinion, this is what I would do for all underground. If you're going to have all them people there, and you own a performance center, why not? Put, why not either surround the ring with cars, or put like a put like a gate up, like like they do in, in UFC four, and had the backyard fights. And you have everybody out there cheering them on, and then they fight within that gate, and they fight outside. And it's one camera, shaky camera a little bit, and it's like it looks like it's a very underground. Like it's not even supposed to be. It's not legal. Or you th- do you think uh, they could do it like that, and then have like a quote unquote a um, helicopter footage to make it look like they just found them fighting? Yeah, see, something like that would be yeah. more interesting to look at. And if they just had one camera on the ground, make it like, look more chaotic. It, exactly like it, it, this is it's like it's a street thing that's not even supposed to be here because and if it's on the outside like because the way it looks now is like why is WWE hosting this shit they're putting money into this thing and that that's the problem it looks too good like the production is great the, the camera is great the you know there's, there's no heart there's no like 720p footage it's all 4K max foot like it shouldn't be that for a underground fight club. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like it should be kind of like a, a little <coughs> grainy and yeah, or yeah, rough. Yeah. That's what the that's that's the that's the that's the issue that uh, sometimes a lot of Shane McMahon ideas has. It has a good idea, but the concept and the execution is just not there. And I'm like. If you're going to take over Raw, like, I could see Shane having, like, big plans for the Hurt Business. But I could also see Shane ruining the Hurt Business before he he makes it even better. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm understand. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I can see him doing uh, 
that kind of stuff. But once again, I'm not saying Shaman Man don't have any good ideas. I'm not saying that because he can bring something to the table that Bruce Pritchard can't. And that's, you know, what's going on. I mean, not saying Bruce Pritchard don't see what's going on in the real world, but Shaman Man can have that, that keen eye on what, what, what you guys need to talk about. And uh, also, he can just, you know, uh, bring something more modern to the wrestling. But the thing is, it has to be executed right. And once again, if if wrestling fans want to watch UFC or MMA, they will just watch UFC or MMA. They don't want to watch Raw Underground to see that. They don't want to see nobody do no fake MMA. Exactly. To the point where it's like this, okay, when, in my personal opinion, the best match I've seen on Raw Underground was between Dolph Ziggler and Ivar, and Eric. Because Dolph is not a kickboxer, but he's an amateur wrestler. So what happened was he out-wrestled Eric and put him in a sleeper hole. And he passed him out. That's the, that, that, that was cool. Back when um, uh, it was... Uh, shit, what was that other fight that I like? You, you know the the, uh, the Brazilian guy who does the uh, Capoeira? The ball mm-hmm. guy who be in... Who, who, uh, Roar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had a good match. Uh, in one of them battlegrounds because these are things that these guys legit do it's like okay if Ken Shamrock was still around if Steve Blackman was still around this would this would been the shit for them and I would love to see them in there but it's kind of remember when Shayna Baszler got up there and then homegirl got up there I'm like sweetheart you are clearly not even dressed for this <laughs> like why are you even in here Shayna Baszler pushed her down and then three women tried to jump her I'm like no that's not how it would be <clears throat> and then Shane keeps hosting this thing every single night and I'm just like it, it's getting to be to production type thing so I'm kind of hoping that um, you know uh, they, they can kind of like iron his ideas out because according to what I know it's like um, Shane has been doing a lot like he uh, since the loss came on it's like he is actually part of the reason Played a key role in the reason of the Royal Rumble this past year with Brock Lesnar. Okay. And I love that Royal Rumble. It made sense. Brock Lesnar took on people that he never took on before, but he got them out in the first half. Even though I don't, only issue I have with that Royal Rumble is Kofi should have been the one to give him a low blow because look what happened to Ricochet after that. There was nothing else to go with Ricochet after that. Brock squashed Ricochet. But uh, the Kofi should have won that got the low blow. And then Drew McIntyre eliminated him because that that would have got you know COVID his heat back, in my opinion. But other than that, okay. Uh, okay. other than well, that, he still ain't get that heat back. He, he he still didn't. But I'm saying, but they used it on Ricochet because he had a match coming. I'm like, but Kofi should have been the one to take that you know give Brock that low bro spot and for um, Drew McIntyre to eliminate him so he can get his heat. But uh, with that being said, he 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 did have a. Uh, some some input and like I said they they keep saying key role in that Royal Rumble so that is you know some good news and of course he works right there in the gorilla position with his dad anyway so yeah, his dad right yeah when his dad sees something he's like you know no, dad they wouldn't do that like they would today and Vince is desperate whether he, whether he wants to admit it or not especially with the ratings going down like they are and now since you got this Thunderdome people are actually watching and you get to see their reactions and if you may not like the reactions you're going to see 
on the first couple episodes if you don't bring something something quality. Yeah, then that's when they, that's when people gonna get bored and just start uh, showing everything. Exactly. This show sucks. Let me let me just show. Exactly. And like I said, so Vince is opening up because they had an article here that's saying that the whole when Shane had pitched this Raw Underground for years to Vince, and Vince uh, he said we should like try to purchase UFC or MMA back in 2009, and Vince didn't like the idea. So, but now he actually got the Raw Underground on there. So it just shows some kinds of. At least if it's Shane McMahon, it'll be some kind of improvement. Triple H is already doing NXT, so you can't you can't promote that game. And then they're talking about just keeping Bruce Pritchard over at SmackDown. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I like I said I, I I think you know with Shane being who he is and Shane being more into you know twenty twenties way of life. I think he'll he'll bring some decent ideas. Long as they just iron them out and they don't go too far over the board to the point it's like, my God, I can tell this is a Shane McMahon thing. He had a good idea, but he's not executing it right. So Is that like a like Vince had to say, Oh yeah, you can tell this is the best thing. Oh, I it's like this. When you see farting or de- defecation or you know say vomiting or all that kind of stuff like that you know, I'm like, Vince got his fingerprints all over this angle. There are just certain things that you see that you're like, okay, oh, clearly that's Eric Bischoff. Like, I'll be honest with you, if Eric Bischoff still works for SmackDown, I'm thinking Retribution is all his idea. Dead serious. Because Retribution is acting like an Eric Bischoff idea. What about Vince Russo? On the pole? Uh- <laughs> like, if... if of like you can you can tell this. Remember when they did the Goldberg versus Scott Steiner? You didn't follow the contract. You didn't follow the set plan. So now it's going to be a match where there is going to be no predetermined outcome. What? That's a Vince Russo idea. And when you the brawl for all, when you see these ideas and you're like, oh, that's clearly a Vince Russo idea. The last rights match. Exactly. That's all. Yeah, Vince. Really, San Francisco 49ers, man. Exactly, Vince Russo. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I like the matchup, but you got to hang the belt back up at King of the Mountain in the TNA. Vince uh, yeah. Russo. It's a, well, if you got to keep taking it down, bro, why don't we just hang the belt back up? You know, what I'm saying? that's Vince Russo. So, uh, certain promoters, certain people got got their stamp on certain things. So you can tell when certain things are certain things, like we. Braun Strowman Spear and Bobby Lashley do the stage. That's a that's a Paul Heyman thing. The way it's up to show, that's what Paul Heyman would that. do. Yep. Yeah, that's what. So so no matter what, Shane, Bruce Pritchard, Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff, uh, you know, what I'm saying Jim Cornette or Vince Russo, they all have Vince McMahon. They all have their stamp on how their wrestling will look, and when they do it, you know it when you see it. You know what I'm saying? You just know it when you see it. And so, like when you see, like Raw Underground, when I, see, when I seen that, and I was just like, "That's a Shane McMahon idea." And guess who? And guess who came back to host it? Shane McMahon, and I was right. That's a Shane McMahon idea. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, yeah. uh, I'm Shane. Uh oh. We gotta talk about Vince, 
Vince? Yes, what, Vince. What, what, uh, well, are you talking about Gronkowski, Vince? Yes, okay. exactly. So, people, there was a video that just came out of from from W24. So, you know, every year, that they, they, by the time WrestleMania comes out, they got to show the previous year backstage behind of WrestleMania and stuff like that. So, they had it at the Performance Center. And the Performance Center has this little stage that is about 20 feet, I would That's say. That's like 15. Yeah, 15, 20 feet. And um, <laughs> Gronkowski was a little nervous about taking this bump onto everybody. So, Vince McMahon has a reputation, at least for the most part, that Vince McMahon is not going to tell you what to do uh, uh, to, to do something if he's not willing to do it himself. However, we can make the argument about Owen Hart over the age, but for the majority of part, that's what Vince does. He has taken doomsday devices in the in, 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 in a titty bar. Mm-hmm. He has taken, he has tried to li- literally, literally wrestle Kurt Angle in the playing ride from hell, mm-hmm. which was dumb. Uh, you know, uh, Vince McMahon has fallen off a high platform. That's high shame, but falling him off uh, high high enough. He, and, he even did the thing with Shawn Michaels' entrance at WrestleMania. Exactly. Uh, the, uh, zip zip line. line. He did a zip line. He has gotten uh, shit and manure uh, thrown on him. He has got his head stuffed in the Big Show's ass after a 25-minute wrestling match. No, thank you. No, thank you. So, uh, yeah, this was, so he was asking because there was a spot for a 24-7 championship that Gronkowski was supposed to get up on the thing and jump down and anybody that's there will break his fall. Because, you know, Gronkowski, he, he just used to play with Tom Brady. He didn't use this. So, Vince McMahon, they have, they have the footage of Vince McMahon showing him how to take the bump. This 74-year-old man is going up on his 20-foot platform. Why didn't they have Shane do it? I remember how Shane. It wasn't high enough. Shane was like, oh, "This ain't nothing to me." It, Shane was doing his eyes closed and kept him closed. Like Shane was like, "Yo, you need somebody to jump off their uh, headquarters for money in the bank? I got you." <laughs> Yo, but that, but yeah, that, that definitely was not high enough. <laughs> that wasn't high enough for Shane. So Vince goes and takes the bump. I'm like, I, I didn't care about anything Gronk was saying in that whole video. I just wanted to see Vince take the bump. And he's on there, and Vince just fought like he like lunges back and comes down. You see the head step at the bottom and everything. He's like, hey, "That's how you do it." And I'm just like, you know. So just real quick, <coughs> when I first heard this story, I was like, "There is no way, seventy four year old Vince is just doing this." But it's video, so <laughs> there is pure video. Like, cause my wife, Lady Sketch, said the same thing. She was just like. Yo, when I heard this, I, was, I didn't even click on it because I thought somebody was joking because I know old-ass Vince McMahon is not jumping off a 20-foot balcony. Well, weren't we all wrong? Vince McMahon, like, and he does it, he falls backwards as if, like, fuck it, we doing this. And he just and goes... And the way that he landed, he was like, see? Exactly. <laughs> like, he, he didn't show no signs of being hurt or no signs of, like, oh, I got to get up. He, he said, see, and got right up. And got right up, and I mean, like to the point where I mean, like, he he gets, uh, I mean, he like kicks up. You know, he, he nobody got to help him up or nothing. And I'm like, this guy's crazy. And like, 
what's Gronkowski's excuse? Now, he did. He was like, "Am I used to this man?" And he did it terribly. I might add. He did on he a. Cra- like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> he did it bad on a crash pad. He Ooh. did it bad on a crash pad. So yeah, man. I would. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I would take that. If it was a crash pad, or people catch me, I would, I, would, I would probably do that. As long as the Miz ain't down there trying to catch me, I'm cool. <laughs> as long as the Miz ain't down there trying to catch me, I'm cool. But yeah, so no, uh, yeah, we, we had to bring it up because you wasn't gonna believe that unless we said that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's 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 just the true the truest ill statement. Um, so right now, like I said, since <clears throat> NXT was on Wednesday, and AEW is there tonight, we, we're going to do the Wednesday Night War later. But so right now, this is going to be the time that we insert the Wednesday Night War. So. After we record it, we're going to insert it right here in the podcast and come back and close it. So let's get ready for the Wednesday Night War. Welcome back to the Wednesday Night War. NXT taking on AEW. But the thing is, the Wednesday Night War is a little bit different because NXT is coming on Wednesday because they got USA. But since the bubble and NBA playoffs is here, then that means that uh, they got playoff games. So they can't be on TNT on Wednesday. So AEW was on Saturday, so we got a chance to watch NXT on Wednesday. They had to come back on Saturday before TakeOver to check out AEW. And man, was it a show that you didn't want to miss. So, uh, yeah, uh, as of right now, from what I've seen, you know, I ain't trying to get no spoilers away or nothing like that. But I think AEW got the win already, but we got to be fair and go down uh, both shows. So let's go down NXT first. So, NXT, uh, this is the go home show for NXT TakeOver 30. At full sale. So, uh, we start off with the North American Championship qualifying match. Whoever wins this is going to get into the ladder match. Giant Gargano uh, versus Ridge Holly. So, uh, the, the, the the match goes on, but here's the problem. The, Giant Gargano runs off the ropes, and Ridge Holly, like, catches him. I don't know the way it looked like. I don't know if he was trying to go for a snap power slam or if he was trying to go for that Cameron Grimes move, whatever the case may be, he fucked up and slammed Gorgano right down on his neck. Right down on his neck. And I mean, it was brutal to watch to the point where I was like, yo, that man easily, you could have paralyzed that man. You could have killed that man. And accidents happened in the ring all the time. And the way he, because he came out with velocity on that joint. And it, it, it took a minute to, to the point where they had to probably, like, you know, stop recording for a minute because it, it, it was something. But then they came back. They said the matches keep on going. Gorgano uh, is still continuing. I don't know how he's doing it. Holding his head. And uh, Gorgano goes, hits the one final beat on Ridge Holland and wins the matchup still. Because I was like, after that, I thought you know, he was going to be in the matchup. And hey, That's how they're doing the Indies. Yeah. But, but, but Gorgano is extremely blessed. So, uh, your thoughts. And I thought it was decent. I, I probably knew. I mean, like I said, I probably thought Ridge Holland was going to win because they was building all new people. But then again, it's TakeOver 30. You can't have TakeOver without Gargano, I guess. That's what I was thinking. So, Him or Spallon. Yeah. So, yeah. I, the, the, the overall thing is I'm just glad that Gargano is all right. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have Dakota Kai taking on Jesse uh, Cameron. Can't, can't uh, aka a retribution member. Oh yeah, 
she got she kind of got a little reveal a little bit, but I'm just like, but yeah, it ain't gonna say because it's like it's like thirty people in that party. I so, know but she was the one that was like she was on like SmackDown, whatever, whoever. I think it was like Biggie. She was like face to face with or something oh, like okay. that. Okay, I got the same hair and all that. Yeah, I I don't know what you but you know, hey, you never see it coming, so they they may do something with them at SummerSlam, who knows? Uh Dakota Kai hits the G, the, the GTK for the win on her and then um Kai says she's not afraid of Io Shirai and then Shirai should focus on people of of Kai's past. But uh Io Shirai comes out and starts uh attacking Dakota Kai, but then as they fight up the, on the stage, Raquel Gonzalez comes back in big boots and Io Shirai be selling these joints like death. Like, she be falling hard on her back on the outside. And, uh, she, uh, Raquel Gonzalez is there. It comes. She, so she's obviously back and she's in Dakota Kai's corner. And I give, wish that she would have, she would have waited until, uh, the pay per view to come back, not just a random, not a random go home episode. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, we have, uh, she comes back in the ring, gives her that, that like, that high spine buster. So, uh, she is back with uh, with Dakota Kai. Uh, Finn Balor tells Velveteen Dream that you had chance after chance after chance, and you kept failing. So tonight he'll face the Dream. And it'll be the same result. Finn over. <laughs> uh, Legado del Fantasma uh, taking on Breezango and Swerve Isaiah Swerve Scott in a six man tag match. I really thought we was going to get Swerve versus uh, um. Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship at TakeOver. There has still been no Nah, they ain't mention. build it up strong enough for it to be at TakeOver. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I know. So, they still wasn't ha- having this matchup yet, uh, necessarily anyway. Um, uh, the six-man uh, match was good. Uh, Mendoza and Wild attacked Scott uh, from behind and hit a Russian leg sweep jockey combo. And then they come and attack them, but Escobar quickly... Uh, hits Breeze with the Phantom Driver, which I like the Phantom Driver. I like how he rolls out of it when he's done into like a standing position. I think it, I think that's kind of cool. So uh, Legato del Fantasma uh, hits the uh, uh, the win in a six man match. I thought the match was pretty cool. How about you? It was alright. The match was it was okay. I mean, I guess you could say it did what it needed to do for Fantasma and his crew. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Adam Cole is out here to call out uh, Pat McAfee because he wants that matchup at TakeOver. And then Pat McAfee comes with some of his football friends and he said, I got 20 uh, years of experience, NFL experience. And then uh, he said, you can't go anywhere without the Stooges. So, Undisputed Eric gets out the ring and then uh, he like, he, can, he can handle you know McAfee. So, McAfee's in there talking all the kind of trash. And he's, doing, he's doing a good promo. I'm curious to see what he's going to look like at TakeOver, but He's doing a cool, cool promo. He said, last time I was in this building, Sean Michaels was over there checking on your vitals, you know what I'm saying, uh, next to stupid Tom Phillips. So I was, so, uh, I was like, oh, he's definitely playing up the, uh, the, the role. And he says, you know, you, 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 you've been wrestling in front of five people at armories and ten people here and all across the world until you finally got here. 400-something days you were undefeated, but it took me one minute to knock your ass out. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it could only sound, did, yeah. huh? Sounds so natural. It, from, it did. Yeah. Sounds so refreshing hearing something natural come out of somebody's mouth and wrestling like that. <laughs> yeah. 
So he said, the only sound the idiots will hear is boom as he does as he does the mic. But then Cole goes up to him, and then he says, "Look." He takes all the security out. The security tries to stop. He says, "Hey, I like how the security comes by." Uh, Pat McAfee's like, you're lucky they're holding me back, even though they were holding yeah. Alvin Cole back. <laughs> that, that's good heel work. That is good. That's great. I, I, I am all for seeing how this match is going to play out at TakeOver. Uh, but then he knocks the security out the way, gives him super kicks and everything, walks up to him. He says, this Saturday at TakeOver, I'm going to make you my bitch. And then leaves. So, I mean, this is uh, this was pure money. I would love to see... Pat McAfee talk with a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he used to be, uh, you know, like the host of the, the pre shows and the host of the watch alongs and all that. So I think talking is a strong suit. Oh, okay. Uh, next up, we got Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez with the, the Robert yeah. Stone brand taking on Shazi Blackheart and Rhea Ripley. So we're not he getting this. Up that ladder. Say what? She's climbing up that ladder. Who? Which one? Aaliyah. Yeah, she is. Uh, I thought they was going to have this matchup at TakeOver or anything, but they obviously didn't. So, uh, it's kind of cool here. Uh, the, uh, the match is uh, uh, pretty cool. Uh, I don't remember if this was after the match or during the match where Rhea Ripley powerbombs Mercedes Martinez over the barricade to the concrete. That was during the match. During the match, yeah. It takes her out. Shazi Blackheart hits a Centon Splash for the top rope uh, uh, to uh, Aaliyah and wins the matchup. Yeah, so I was like, my God. So I was like, that was, uh, that's why I thought it was when Martinez and Rhea Ripley still going at it. So I guess. I don't know. I mean, they might still be going at it or they might be trying to take a break to make it seem like Mar- uh, Martinez is, quote, injured or something. I have to take a power bomb from the, yeah, know, on the, the floor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but Gorgano got drilled on his neck, and he's still doing this stuff. <laughs> um, main event, North American Championship qualifying match. Finn Bauer taking on Vel- the Velveteen Dream. So, Velveteen Dream is back, so ain't nothing to say about it. Uh, I don't. He wrestling in these cut-off jeans. But during the match with Cameron Grimes, takes the North American Champion, and on top of the ladder, just watching the matchup. For what? <laughs> why do you even? Why do you? Why do you work here? <laughs> he's there, and he's holding the championship. You know, doing his own commentary on the matchup. Dream and Finn Balor are exchanging uh, reversals, which uh, looks very pretty. Gorgano comes down, and this is when the match gets silly. He tosses uh, the ladder over, and it knocks Cameron Grimes into the middle of the ring. So then he's in between Dream and Balor. Balor. Uh, takes him down and gives him a double foot stomp and then uh, the, the, the Dream hits uh, uh, him and then all of a sudden, wait a minute Gorgano takes the title but then here comes Thick Boy, aka Bronson Reed comes down, he goes to run in the ring and then it's Damian Priest behind him so Damian Priest and uh, uh, Bronson Reed take out Gorgano and then they start fighting, I'm like isn't there a match still going on? so they uh knock each other outside of the ring and Finn Balor uh, you know get, gets the upper hand on Velveteen Dream and then as he uh, goes to the uh, the outside Timothy Thatcher comes out of nowhere and uh, takes him down and then uh, uh, distracts Balor knocks him down throws him in the ring 
Dream hits a Dream Valley driver and it hits a purple Rainmaker elbow to win the match to advance into the ladder match at TakeOver 30. So, a good matchup. It was overbooked like hell because of the ladder match. But uh, I thought I would like to see another stand-up Velveteen Dream Finn Balor matchup without all the distractions. I think it would be really good. Yeah, they should have just did a regular match to begin with because they didn't even know they were going to both be in the match yet or not anyways. This is like a win to get sense. So the other person, they just basically attacking for no reason or getting, like, getting involved for no reason. Yeah, you're right. Now, uh, so that, that, that was NXT, so now it's time to get on to AEW Saturday Dynamite. <laughs> so uh, this was on Saturday. Uh, Indiana and Miami had had the playoff game going on, so this didn't come on until about like six sixteen, at least up where where I'm at. Okay. I don't know how they, I, I don't know how it was for you, like if it came on late or not, but it definitely did for me. Yeah, I mean it came on late because uh, the game went over. So. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Miami won that game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course they did. TJ Warren ain't playing like an MVP no more. <laughs> old, old, old Depot. But anyway, so we start off the uh, the match. We have FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dex Hardwood taking on uh, Private Party, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy. With uh, this time, but FTR has Tully Blanchard with them supporting FTR jacket. And then, you know, once again, he did say that you, nobody's nothing. Until they got some gold around them. Yeah, surprisingly, like, I'm surprised that he actually went with them. I mean, he was just talking trash. He would, but, I mean, look, he got Sean Spears also, so I'm like, ugh, I gotta find, I gotta find somebody that's gonna give me an investment. Yeah, so why not try to go for the tag champions? And stuff? Like, he was just, a, he was literally like, you're not the best, and you're not the best, and you suck, and you suck, because none of y'all have championships. But then he goes to one of the teams that he just said sucks. So. You're right. But, I mean, I understand, of course, like, why. But I'm saying, like, that's kind of contradicting. Is it not? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. So, this match is pretty good. Once again, Private Party's doing all their very high-flying stuff. It is the Fliss versus Fist, and Private Party is not botching as much uh, anymore, which is uh, which is pretty good. Uh, they hit the. They take Isaiah Cassie out and hit the Good Night Express, which I do not like the name for that movie. Yeah, I don't either. I like. I'm pretty sure that's an old eighties uh, tag team finisher. Yeah, absolutely right on that one. So they hit on Mark Quinn, picking up the win. So Shivani makes sure that they, 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 they well, they're six to zero now, but they earned number six. So you know, showing how good the match was. It was pretty good. Uh. Moxley was caught early in the day talking about uh, what he did to MJF last week. And he said he heard a lot of bad things about him. He's an easy talker, but he missed most of the good stuff. People who feel the, uh, the need to talk about themselves all the time really rub me the wrong way. Because where I come from, usually the toughest guys don't have uh, to, uh, to to say much. They don't hide behind words, and you talk a lot. Which makes you wonder, MJF, what exactly are you hiding? One day you'll become world champion. But that day ain't September fifth. So uh, when that's uh, what's going on September fifth, he's going to beat the hell out of you. Spit on, uh, split your head open with the paradigm shift, and the whole world will find out exactly what you've been hiding. So, but then we have a little campaign thing with MJF on like a walker 
with his neck being uh covered up and he's talking about that you know uh the homicidal maniacs in, in, in the world, Genghis Khan, you know, Napoleon, all the people. And then he says, you know, fail in comparison. Fail in comparison to Dictator John. And he said, you, you, you tell your life behind like a gutless character, uh, a coward. And he wants to, uh, the paradigm shift is to move as an abomination. He wants this thing banned. Because he wants he, it banned. He wants it banned. And uh, he, <laughs> sounds familiar, don't it? <laughs> They're just saying, uh, so him and his law firm drew up the contract because you know he has kids that he wants to play with, and uh, will ban the paradigm shift uh for a world championship match at All Out between MJF and John Moxley, and all Giants do is sign it. So I guess that's another reason why they've been putting more finishing moves on John Moxley anyway. I mean, still it's going you know the ball's in his court, so uh, decent promo, so. <laughs> We have a uh, eight-man tag team match uh, player. The Lucha, yep, the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade versus Jurassic Express and the Natural Nightmares. That's the Rose and QT Marshall. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I did not even take too much investing into this matchup. Yeah, nah, nah, me either. This was obviously when I turned it. <laughs> yeah, this is what I was like, I got to see what's going on El Takeo. I'm not even going to lie to you guys right now. Uh, so... Uh, and, and um, came back and uh, a Pentagon and and the, and the Blade got into a, a disagreement. He pushed him into Jungle Boy. He rose up for the three count. So as they're sitting there, kind of like fighting and arguing, Eddie Kingston comes out and he's talking about some. Hey, yo, man, hold up, hold up. He said, Yo, man, we was in the Indies, man. Yo, we went through drama. We paid our dues, which we know that the last due is death. Now, you know me, I'm a huge fan of Eddie Kingston, so... Uh, I see. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> uh, he, uh, he told me, you know, to, to chill out, to, to, you know, to, 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 to uh, listen up. You know, say, we on TNT now. They know drama. Why do we got to have drama? You know? So, he says, yo, we don't need to do that, because he said, you uh, should be tag team champions, and you should be tag team champions, and why aren't y'all the tag team champions? So, he said, no more. Come walk with me. Come walk with me and everything we want will be ours. But as he's do, hugging everybody in the group hug, he looks at the camera and winks. So, that's good old Hill Eddie Kingston for you. So, like I said, the number one fan. So, he go probably try to get this group together, but only to manipulate them to get to what he wants. Hopefully, he won't run over no kids like he did when he was in the I hope not neither. Dr. Britt Baker is back with Reba and Penelope Ford and Kip Saban. Uh, yeah, he won't say what. Penelope looked good. She she do. Uh, Doctor Britt Breaker, DMD, uh, warned Kip and Penelope about the dangers of uh, exchanging saliva. <laughs> As Kip and Penelope kiss one another, Baker says she could help because she is a dentist and a role model. She's willing to give the couple a special discount for for dental care for one year. All she needs is help with this little problem. And it's super minor. It's no big deal. It's Big Swole. Big Swole signed a contract stating that she can have a match with me. However, she did not state what kind of match. I figured, why not make it a handicap match? You know, saying, we're going to invite you to join the team. Uh, gets Big Swole. What she said. And then uh, she asked Baker on behalf of herself and Reba. 
uh, Red Baker then uh, added that Reba would, would, would do their makeup for free for a full year if they accept it. Yeah, you got it, said Penelope Ford. So, it looks like it all out. There may be a handicap match, maybe because Britt Baker's not up to, you know, being 100% yet. So, they got to put somebody in there to kind of get the heat off her. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, I don't think she's quite 100%. I don't even think she's probably been in the ring or anything. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that would be a good thing to do. But, uh, so, yeah, that would be kind of cool handicap match. And they'll probably beat Big Swole and have her come and take the pin. Uh, Tony Giovanni is out there talking to Orange, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and then uh, it was one of the biggest moments in Dynamite last week when he beat Chris Jericho, and then um, before he said a word, here comes the demo guy, La Champion, Chris Jericho walks out with uh, Judas and the bubbly. So he says, forgive my interruption, but you know, uh, he, he had the first say, I haven't lost since October 2nd, 2019. I haven't been pinned only three times since then. And one of them was, was to the guy with his hands in his pockets. So he said, I'm proud of you because you proved what it takes to be a main star AEW. But the way I come from, I want to match, you want to match. That means we got one more match to go. And uh, he said, since you're a guy about orange, all about the orange juice, and I'm all about the bubbly, we're going to have what's my new creation because I'm the one who created a, a magnificent match that consisted of a briefcase and a ladder. We're going to have a Mimosa Mayhem match. Good Lord. So, I was just like, as soon as I said it, I asked probably, like, what is a Mimosa Mayhem match? And Chris Jericho was like, I'll show you. They do this whole promo about the Mimosa and, and, and Mayhem. And about, it sounded like they had like, the TNA voice guy. It was like Orange Cassidy. So exactly. Like so, on September 5th, at All Out. Uh, it's going to be Mimosa Mayhem where it's going to only way to win is by pinfall or submission or to throw your opponent in the big giant tub of Mimosa and I ain't going to lie if you're going to make that I'm going to get me a cup and just swipe it right through before anybody dips their dirty body in that shit so um, so basically that's how they're going to get Orange Cassidy back from Jericho's suit or you think Jericho comes wearing another uh, white jacket and that gets an orange too? I think that, because I think Arch Case is going to win here, but I think it's not going to be by pinfall submission. I think he's going to win by throwing him in the orange suit. So I, I think it's going to be another white suit. That's why I, that's why I think. So he he accepts, but then Jericho's out there. He's like, get him, boys, because he, he brings out his people. And they come in the ring, beat up Arch Case, give him the Judas effect. <laughs> Hang him upside down and pour bubbly all over his face. <laughs> yeah, of course. Figure. Uh, they figure. I mean, it's like five of them and like only three of the best friends. So I mean, of course, every time they're going to win. You know what's sad? I don't even count the best friends, even though they was out there with them. I just don't even <laughs> count the best friends. Like I feel about the best friends. How you feel about Cameron Grimes? Yeah, and why are they even here? I, I, I'm so that's my mom's car. Whatever. Uh, the next was the elite Kenny Omega and um, Nick and Matt uh, versus uh, the Dark Order. Uh, Alex Runnels, John Silver, uh, Alan, like nine or something. Yeah, yeah, five, <laughs> five or something like that. I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> or, or or was it through three, four, five? They call them okay, five. Uh, 
I want to say it. Yeah, I'm gonna say it in this match. Uh, hey, Christopher, Christopher Dams, can you help me out here? Dark Order sucks. And you know what? I'm gonna agree with that. Until I get to the main event. Uh, because uh, they they uh beat him down, giving him the Meltzer driver, and Kenny Omega gives him the one wing angel, wins the matchup. But Kenny starts snapping, starts beating uh beating uh Allen Angels up five up, and has an open chair. He's gonna power him on open the chair, and Nick and Matt like, yo, bro, what you doing? Calm down. So uh, it, it's cool, but Kenny Omega has clearly just snapped, so we don't know what, what's going on with that. Uh. Next Thursday, when you go to AEW, there's going to be a special Thursday Night Dynamite, and it's going to be a gauntlet tag team match to determine who will be facing Kenny Omega and Hangman Page at All Out on September 5th. Who are they going to win that match? Uh, maybe one of those Eddie, Kendrick, uh, Eddie Kingston teams or something. Who knows? Man said Eddie Kendrick. <laughs> Not my bad. One of the Eddie Kendrick teams from Birmingham, you crazy Mickey Ficky. <laughs> Eddie and Paul. Yeah, oh, yo, that would have been a tag team. You know, he'll tag in for Paul. And Nick and Paul. Uh, Darby Allen, uh, is supposed to take on Will Hobbs. And then, uh, I didn't see this matchup, but apparently Darby pinned Hobbs with the coffin drop. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. I didn't understand this segment that came after with Taz and, and Brian Cage and, um, Ricky Starks. So yeah, but, what what happened? So Ricky Sars was dressed as Darby Allen, right? Yeah, he was basically talking like doing the Darby impression, mm-hmm. and then uh, he was distracting Darby while Brian Cage came from behind him and beat him up. Okay, so we are we going to Brian Cage versus Darby Allen for a takeover? You think? I mean, a takeover? Damn, all out? Yeah, I'm 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 sure either that or. Darby has to find a tag team partner, and then it's those two versus Cage okay. and uh, Starks. This, this tag team partner could be his skateboard with the thumbtacks. <laughs> or it's only Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Sammy Guevara is out, and he's holding up posters on TV camera, a message uh, trying to mock Matt Hardy. And then uh, after a while, he's reading all, all his posters, but he's not reading that Matt Hardy has wrote stuff on there that Sammy's an idiot and then Sammy will be deleted and he finally looks at the cards he's like oh my god then here comes Matt Hardy stronger than death will not die comes out hits with a steel chair so he's beating him up and then he just launches Sammy off the stage to a table and I mean you know Sammy gonna oversell everything so he just he just gets launched to this table and then uh, Matt Hardy uh, goes and gets a uh, steel chair but he's trying to throw it open uh like open to Sammy to do the same thing that he did to him. So we got some more heat for this right. Happy accidents that they do happen. So I know they're gonna probably have like a no disqualification match at uh all out. They have to. Probably. Uh the, the NWA women's champion Thunder Rosa appears on Dynamite. Oh yes, yeah. Thunder Rosa. Uh, she might not even get no respect to be honest with you. And I've heard I've like heard nothing but great but see I heard nothing but great things about about, about Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Donna Rose is, is awesome. She's amazing. So, I listen, to, I listen to different other podcasts, and they're like casual fans, so they don't know. Like when Eddie Kingston came on there, they didn't know Eddie Kingston. When Brian Cage came up there, they didn't know Brian Cage. So, in their mind, they they come from the standpoint of a casual. So, I want to see how they uh, how they approach with the Thunder Rosa thing. Well, like I said, I am not a casual, so I already know. Thunder Rose is something that's busy. And 
Otaba, she called out Sheeta for All Out. I have a request. I'm here for for this championship and nothing else. So I'm like, okay. So she don't come here for this to scraps. Thunder Rosa and Sheeta at Dynamite. I mean, at a All Out. Yeah, it would be. Uh. The, the, the finals for the cup tournament, the deadly draw, the nightmare sisters, God, and uh, I still don't, I still don't like how they handled it, but you know, now, I, I like how they they didn't even push it when it was like going on. Nobody really knew about it. I didn't even know this was the finals. Like they just, I think they didn't handle it that well. No, no, they 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 they, def, they definitely didn't because I, I like I said, you, if you're not watching on YouTube or, or watching it when they. When notifications pop up, you really don't even know about it. But uh, I didn't even get to see this matchup. So the winner had to be uh, God. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the the, the Nightmare Sisters, right? Mm-mm. Okay. It was Diamante and You okay? And so they win the tournament. So what does that mean now? That means they win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of pointless. All right, main event time. The TNT champion, uh, Cody, taking on uh, the exalted one, uh, Mr. Brody Lee. So uh, the match starts off. Cody is just attacking him, and then uh, all of a sudden, Brody Lee just kicks him, and then it's downhill downhill from there for Cody, which I wasn't even expecting that. Uh, he, just tosses, he, he, he just tosses him over to the top rope. And then hit him to the guardrail, and then hit him with a couple of ribs and stuff like that. A big boot, and then uh, you know, uh, R. Anderson's concerned, obviously, because it, it doesn't look good. And then um, uh, Brody Lee hits a uh, release German suplex on a pole, and then uh, he hits some uh, with the uh, what, what, what's that? What's that? Uh, he said two. Th- th- was it super kicks? I think it was. Uh, Cody barely kicks out. At one point, he did hit him with a power bomb. That was nasty. Yeah, he he hit him with. He according he hit him with two power bombs. And Jr. cannot believe it. And all of a sudden, discus clothesline or discus lariat, as they call it. One, two, three. The new TNT champion is Mr. Brody Lee. He uh-huh. went right at Cody, and then everybody was just shocked. And then they came out to, to, to check on Cody, and then Brody Lee uh, said, "You created monsters like me, Tony." And then now, but now you're gonna have to deal with it. And he said, "I not uh, balls in my car, knocked out the damn part." And he's being stretched out, and it, I'm like, "Well, it wouldn't need to be all that, but okay." And then he gives the thumbs up, and then it's just like, "No, we're not done yet." The Dark Order comes, starts beating up Arn Anderson, and then they drag Cody back out, and then there's this black bag. And then uh, Brody Lee just swings his jaw right at Cody's head. And I hear this thud. I'm like, what is in that bag? So Cody goes down. Of course, Brandy comes out. So I was like, no, Cody, no. And she's hugging him. Uh, this, huh? I know they want to be I know they want to be politically correct, but if I was them, I would have had, uh, I would have straight up had Brody Lee just start kicking her in the back instead of just having Anna J come and choke her. Yeah, but Anna J does come out, chokes out. Brandy Rose, and then Cody tries to hold him. Yeah, of course. Even though I don't like Jr., I barely like this line, but it's one of his most famous lines. That Jezebel. That, that Jezebel. That's all. That, that about a Jezebel. So, uh, then Roy Lee comes and the heap just pours whatever in that bag. It's the broken up TNT old championship. He said, "This one is yours." 
this one is mine. As he raises up, he did tell him. He did. He he fucking got it. And that was the Wednesday Saturday night war between AEW and NXT. So, in my personal opinion, it really is no competition. AEW won for the night. Yeah, so AEW. Yeah, uh, NXT was pretty decent because especially going into Takeover, but uh, they they knew they were going to be on Saturday, and they had to try to make this show feel like a pay per view show because they're going up against Takeover. So you know, uh, that, that was going to be hard within itself. I think I think they did they did a pretty good job. So, uh, that was our review. Like, subscribe. You know, what I'm saying for more. Uh, Rusty content right here on the YouTube channel, but we're going to finish off uh, the podcast right now. So uh, listen out for it as we end the podcast. All right, so that was the Wednesday Night War, guys. Uh, so make sure you guys check it out on, on YouTube when we, when we put it up and everything. And now we're about to end this podcast. So, uh, hey, Prime, uh, I appreciate you coming on. No problem. Yeah, make sure you guys check out spacesfilly.com. That's your reporter. Check out the content they have on their Ludo and Pop, Ludo and Pop Horror Wars show, both sides, and the Market Dark show. Check out our content on it, the, the No Give Me Seen the Wrestling podcast, Nerdgasm Talk podcast, to get all your DC fandom information, uh, Turntables, about Culture and Beyond, Drunk Thoughts, Sober Tongues, and hopefully Balls Down will be up there pretty soon. When it comes to the sports, we're on all the podcast apps, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And you guys can listen to us on YouTube Premium as well. Check out the real nerdcoalition.com to get your Nerd Coalition merch, your uh, NC Studio Shazam logo, uh, the NC with the Shazam logo, obviously the classic NC logo, the Nerd uh, No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling t shirt. And you guys can find the War Drum on their Q Flows album. And you can also find uh, Q's uh, you know, layover merch on there as well. And uh, make sure you guys check out Prime Nostalgia. And in the Prime Nostalgia podcast, I can't wait for them episodes that are coming up that he's going to do. So uh, that should be really awesome. And I can't wait to be a part of that. So uh, I really can't wait for that. So stay tuned for all that great stuff. And uh, yeah, that is pretty much it. So we're going to wrap this thing up. If there's any other news that we missed, we're going to get to it next week. Because we we, we got a hefty, hefty weekend ahead of us. So. Once again, this is NCM Place to be Chun Chun with Stan D. And not Deion Sands for Primetime. Alright, y'all. Alright. And <laughs> Q Flow, wherever you're at, take us out. to your ears welcome to the show we don't need any gimmicks you already know so sit back relax and hit the like button go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming swag on trivia and prompts top five either way it's fun and you're hearing it live join with your host mr a and e yeah you know it's the place to be it's nc Imagine your new bathroom. 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter. 